Hello, I'm Dr. Jan Patterson, Professor of Medicine, Infectious Diseases at the Long School of Medicine, UT Health San Antonio. And welcome to our COVID Minutes podcast series from our Office of Continuing Medical Education. Our goal is to bring you insights and updates on COVID-19 from experts who have been and continue to be very involved in the COVID response. These on-demand podcasts are aimed at healthcare professionals and are ideal for clinicians on the go and others who want to stay up to date. The Joe R. and Teresa Lozano Long School of Medicine at UT Health San Antonio is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education to provide continuing medical education for physicians. Today, I'm going to talk about Let's Get Vaccinated. Where are we with vaccination and are we still at risk from COVID surges? The good news is rates of COVID are dropping. The current seven day moving average of daily new cases is 11,343 in the US, decreased 4.4% from the previous seven days. And compared with the highest peak in January, 2021, 252,155 new cases, the seven-day average has decreased 96%. Many people are vaccinated and we are getting out to see family, travel, and do many of the things we've made it, waited more than a year to do. It looks like we won't quite make the July 4th milestone to have 70% of all U.S. adults with one COVID vaccination in the U.S. It looks like we'll be closer to 65%. But 70% of adults 30 and over have had one shot. In the US, 323 million doses have been given so far, and at least 153 million have completed a full vaccination regimen. And here is a good point to say that it's important to get the full two doses of the mRNA vaccine to complete the regimen. The Delta variant that is circulating now is highly transmissible. Data suggests that the mRNA vaccine is still effective against the variant if the two doses are given. Full data about the J&J viral vector vaccine against the Delta variant is pending, but early data suggests that the other viral vector vaccine, AstraZeneca, retains activity against this variant, so it looks positive for the J&J vaccine. As of last week's vaccination numbers, in Texas, about 51% of adults have been vaccinated. In the overall population, 48% have received one dose and 40% are fully vaccinated. Rates vary broadly by county, however. In Bayer County, 61% of adults here are fully vaccinated and 76% have received one dose. For the overall population, we are in the range of 45% vaccinated. Many counties in East Texas, Far West Texas, and the Panhandle only range in the 20% vaccinated category. The vaccination rate of adults in several states is still only the, in the 40% range, including Mississippi, Alabama, Idaho, and Wyoming. Several states have more than 70% of adults vaccinated, however, including Vermont, Connecticut, and Maine. Globally, more than 2.9 billion doses have been given in 180 countries. This is enough to fully vaccinate about 19% of the world's population. The latest global vaccination rate is 804,634 doses daily. It will take about six months to cover 75% of the population at this rate. 
Now, you may say, well, these numbers don't include unvaccinated people that have natural immunity from having COVID. And that's true. And some of those people will have some immunity. People may believe that because they have had COVID, they are fully protected by natural immunity. However, we see people who have gotten COVID more than once, and sometimes the second infection is worse than the first one. So we continue to recommend that those who've had COVID infection get the COVID vaccine. Now there's some preliminary data to suggest that those who've had COVID get a really good antibody response after just one dose of vaccine. So one dose may be enough for them, but everyone else needs to get the full two doses of the mRNA vaccine regimen. So in the US, we've gone from the long lines at mass vaccination sites to now having vaccines at pharmacies, mobile clinics, and doctor's offices. Vaccine is now plentiful in the US, but there's hesitancy among those yet not yet vaccinated. Reasons for hesitancy include the rapidity with which the vaccines were developed and concern about side effects. So let's look at both of those. It is indeed remarkable that we had the first vaccines, mRNA vaccines, within a year of when the SARS-CoV-2 virus was sequenced. This was due to a number of unique factors that haven't really happened before. First, the government support of vaccine production, the level of which was unprecedented. Many willing volunteers. Third, the extent of the outbreak, so many cases of COVID allowed earlier conclusion about efficacy. And finally, the new technologies, mRNA technology, as well as recombinant viral vector technology, were also factors that allowed more rapid production of vaccine. The vaccines authorized in the US, Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines, and the J&J viral vector vaccine continue to have a good safety record. Most side effects are mild, sore arm, muscle aches, fatigue, headache, sometimes fever, and these occur within a few days of the vaccine. Safety surveillance through the National Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System detected very rare cases of vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia syndrome, an unusual clotting syndrome, after J&J vaccine. This has also been detected in the AstraZeneca vaccine, also a viral vector vaccine, which is used widely in the UK and other countries. The cases observed after J&J vaccine occurred between five to 42 days after vaccination, and mostly in women under 60 years of age. Health systems and doctors are now aware of how to diagnose and treat this condition. The risk of the condition is around three to four per million doses. The risk of thrombosis from COVID disease is around 16% or almost one in five. So benefit outweighs risk, especially for those outside of the risk group. As the campaign to vaccinate 12 to 18 year olds has progressed, there have been reports of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, occurring in male teens and young adults 16 years and up after the mRNA vaccine. This occurs more often after the second dose and within several days of vaccination. The risk is in the range of 0.005% and cases have been mild. Risk of myocarditis with COVID itself is in the range of 4.5% and can be more severe. So again, the benefit outweighs the risk. While COVID rates are going down, the risk is not over. 
the highly transmissible Delta variant is on the loose and rapidly spreading. The overall present prevalence of the Delta variant in the US is 20%. Our local surveillance indicates the same, and we expect it to become the most common variant soon. Israel and the UK, two highly vaccinated countries, are seeing outbreaks again, largely due to the Delta variant. And here closer to home, we heard on our Infectious Diseases Society listserv from a doctor in Missouri that reports his hospital has had to go on diversion again due to COVID. The vaccination rate in his area is only about 33%. He warns that counties with low vaccination rates need to be prepared to see surges again. Staffing is a major limiting factor, a shortage of nurses and respiratory therapists. Nurse staffing is a huge issue for ICUs right now. Some hospitals are staffing entire ICUs with agency contract nursing staff, a problem likely related to burnout in the pandemic. I'll tell you what I saw locally this past week. Still between 15 to 20 patients in our hospital sick from COVID, about 150 in our city. Individual patients, a 40-year-old man intubated with respiratory failure and multiple life-threatening clots from COVID. A 50-year-old otherwise healthy hospital worker who had chosen not to get vaccinated was intubated with respiratory failure due to COVID and now on extracorporeal membrane oxygenation or ECMO with no signs of improvement at present. And a 20-year-old otherwise healthy, admitted with COVID and found incidentally to be six weeks pregnant. When I last saw her, she was worsening and placed on high flow nasal cannula. All of these unvaccinated. The real tragedy is that these situations are preventable. We are so fortunate to have access to effective vaccines in this country, free and currently plentiful. In fact, some will expire in the next few weeks if they go unused. This is an embarrassment of riches. In the meantime, some countries still lack access to effective vaccines and others have limited access. South America is surging right now. Peru in particular has exploded with COVID infections and deaths in the last two months. Lockdowns have proven ineffective when people must work because they have no savings and sanitation is difficult when only one in three households have access to running water. The U.S. is planning to share at least 80 million U.S. doses worldwide. The first allocation will be 25 million, targeting distribution before the end of June. Most of these will be donated through COVAX, an international organization working for equitable global access to COVID vaccines. COVAX will be supplying U.S. vaccine to countries in need. Latin America, the Caribbean, South and Southeast Asia, and Africa will be priorities. This distribution is critically important because we are not all safe until we are all safe. This virus will keep spreading and mutating and will continue to make its way around the world, including back into the US until we reach global herd immunity. So there's the global issue and our country will be working to help other countries and vaccination campaigns continue across the US. In the meantime, what can you do? Many of you are healthcare workers and are already vaccinated. That's great. But you may know of friends or family who are hesitant. Surveys show that the source people trust the most for information about the vaccine is their healthcare provider. The CDC, AMA, 
the Texas chapter of American College of Physicians, and others have resources and tips for how to talk to patients about vaccination. Primary care providers can make a big impact here. Encourage those who are hesitant to talk about their questions. It won't be long until the fall and winter months, and we'll, we will be at risk of COVID surges again unless more people are vaccinated. We're not safe until we're all safe. So let's get vaccinated. Thank you.